Welcome to the Aspire for More with Erin podcast, where we really focus on mentoring, motivating, and creating momentum for you to create your success. It is a podcast specifically for leaders in the senior living industry led by a leader in the senior living industry. I believe your mindset is important. I believe your why is important. And I believe how you create momentum for your community is important. So come on, let's hang out and let's create a community that everyone wants to work in, that everyone wants to live in. Welcome to another episode of the Aspire for More with Aaron podcast. I'm so honored that you're here. I know that your time is valuable. Today, we're going to be talking about vulnerability, shame, and courage. This is part of my presentation for the Alabama Assisted Living Association conference um, at the end of this month. And the work that I've been doing in preparation for this presentation has really changed my life. It has given me the frameworks of what I actually did as a leader inside of my community. I have a tendency to be more of an intuitive leader and in that my current role in trying to lay the groundwork of how I was successful and put words down into what I did, it's I found it to be very difficult. But as I was really tearing into Brene Brown's research and her um, specials on Netflix and HBO Max and then watching her TED Talk and then reading some books, I realized vulnerability and shame and courage and managing through those emotions is where I leveraged my success. When we can be vulnerable with people, people will trust us. Where we see people armor up, like Brene Brown says, that's when we can't get through. But when you look at management and leadership, vulnerability, shame, and courage is all wrapped up in managing people. When you look at it from a sales and marketing perspective, vulnerability, shame, courage, fear is all wrapped up in the process. And when you look at a customer service viewpoint, fear, shame, vulnerability, and courage are all wrapped up in what we do. And if we cannot really walk through each of these emotions and have frameworks around them and being able to identify which emotion is being displayed at the moment, that's where we lose the ability to communicate effectively with our team, with our families, with our prospects, with our residents. And so it's really important that we dive into these feelings and really understand how to meet them, serve them, and have them serve ourselves. And I'm going to use me as a guinea pig. I'm going to be as vulnerable as I can be in my own journey because I think that my journey inside the assisted living industry has been a very interesting one, full of success, full of pitfalls, full of my mindset being my biggest enemy, and full of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and kind of life, what I felt life was happening to me, but in actuality, life was happening for me. So let's get started and figure out what the definitions are and walk through si certain situations. Brene makes a, has this quote, and I think it's very, very, very important. When we become defined by what people think, we lose our capacity to be vulnerable. When we become defined by what people think, we lose our capacity to be vulnerable. That quote can be looked at in every single 
facet of our business. When we marginalize people into these stereotypes, we cannot become vulnerable outside of those stereotypes. You know, our care associates are this way. Our nurses are this way. She's passionate, so she's this way. Passionate can be viewed as being something great as long as the momentum is swinging in a positive way and the company is benefiting from it. But then passion can be really viewed as being difficult and um, not being able to be easy to work with. That's just not the case. You know, passion certainly is a double-edged sword, but it's also with consistent passion and being, being able to stay focused on what the end result should be through the good and the bad will lead you ultimately to the success as long as the passion is a good one and in good intentions for all parties involved. So when you're deemed or defined in a certain way, it's hard to get out of that definition and be vulnerable for it to change, especially if you work within a big organization and somebody has deemed you as being this. I have found it very difficult to be to come outside and be redefined. And that's one of the things that I think the senior living industry is very difficult in allowing people to redefine themselves or certain higher up levels see see you one time a year, maybe twice a year, and that was a very bad time. And now all of a sudden you're defined by that last sighting, which is unfortunate. And that certainly has happened to me. You know, I was going through a really hard time in my personal life and there was a conference going on and I just found it hard to fake the deep, dark pain I was in. I mean, I was hurting bad. And being away from the community and from my family at that time actually allowed me to process some of the feelings. And so it was hard to fake it. And I was just unhappy and I was just in a dark place. And that conference, I became defined by that conference, which was unfortunate for me because it had nothing to do with anything other than my own hard, indescribably hard time in my personal life, which we've all, we have overcome, thank goodness. But I will be defined as that moment for some people. And that breaks my heart because I would rather be defined by my sacrificing, right? Or my high occupancy teams or whatever. Um, But again, that's something that I cannot control. But I bring that up because I wish that that's something that we could control. Instead of defining me, I wish somebody would have come to me, used the courage and said to me, what's going on? Are you okay? When you see somebody struggling, right? Or a sharp mood change inside your community and outside if you're a regional director into one of your executive directors, allow them the space, the free space to be vulnerable. In that moment, I felt shame. I felt fear. I felt hopeless. I felt unseen. I felt all the negative emotions. And if somebody could have come to me and just said, you are such a vital part of this team. You're doing a great job in your community. I know that you work in a community that is very difficult and challenging, but we see you and you seem like you may be going through a rough time and we support you. That would have probably made me cry, (laughs) but it would have changed everything for me. 
but hindsight's twenty twenty. But I tell you that story because you can do that for someone. That is life changing. That is loyalty gaining. That is empathy at its finest. That's what I want for this industry. But let's kind of go in and define what I was feeling. So shame. These are Brene Brown's definitions that I 100% agree with, right? Shame is the swampland of the soul. Shame is the focus on self, not good enough, not worthy of success or love. Who do you think you are? Who do I think I am trying to change people's lives inside this community when I can barely exist in my own? (laughs) Those are my thoughts at that time. Shame is not to be confused with guilt. Guilt focuses on behaviors. It's easy to ask for forgiveness because you hurt someone somehow. How many times do we find it to be easier to say, I'm so sorry I hurt you, instead of even apologizing and acknowledge things in our own lives? I mean, think about those times where you may have forgiven or offered an apology to somebody, but yet we cannot forgive or even apologize to ourselves. Shame is the primary reason that we see addiction, depression, anger, violence, rage, obesity, and debt in America. But I would add one of the reasons why our healthcare system is struggling with turnover. I don't really get into politics. I don't know enough to talk about it. I don't like all the negative emotions surrounding it. But I have been working on my own internal mindset and understanding some of the feelings that I have and shame of just being who you are because people think something that's a lie about you or maybe that you don't feel enough. So if the majority of our workforce is a minority group of women, which is probably very factual and I don't have any numbers, we know just through society that minority women are marginalized and defined by what people think. And what people think is usually not nice. And the way that sometimes our residents treat people is not nice. Now, granted, a lot of the times our residents treat people very well, but who gets the brunt of the demented racist remarks? Or who gets the brunt of men who have no respect for women and who think that women are responsible for XYZ. Who gets the brunt of that? There's a lot of shame and fear and it wrapped up in caregiving and housekeeping. I have had to be called to several apartments of men, male residents, that I had to tell that we can't speak to our female associates like that. So if we're already not confident in ourselves and our skills, feeling shame and guilt about things in life that cannot be controlled. And yet we come as managers and harp on things in a way that just adds to the feeling of not worthy, a feeling of not good enough, just reinforcing the way that we feel about ourselves. That's not going to help. And in fact, it will cause more damage than not. When we get to understand what shame kind of manifests itself. For me, shame manifested itself in like isolation, despondent, like I wasn't um, as talkative or dynamic inside meetings. I stayed to myself. 
I was angry, but I wasn't angry at people. I was angry at me, but other people perceived it as being angry. One of the antidotes to me of shame is empathy, but you can't get empathy without vulnerability. And Brene Brown describes vulnerability is the feeling that we get during times of uncertainty, risk, or emotional exposure. This includes times when we are showing our feelings and we are not sure what people will think and times when we really care about something and people will know that we are sad and disappointed when it doesn't work out. When I am sad or disappointed because something doesn't work out, I clam up. How many times have we seen or even analyze yourself? How many times when things got too close to home that you shut the conversation down? That is a sign of somebody protecting themselves and not allowing vulnerability to happen. Then comes defensiveness, right? Protecting themselves. When we have a space where people feel safe and they can talk about their fears, their shame, and allow us to build them back up, we're creating a space of teamwork and unity. Now, you have to have boundaries, right? We don't want to talk about things that are not appropriate in a workspace. But sometimes what we feel inside manifests itself in a working environment. And we can teach people how to value themselves and set boundaries within the caregiving space or the housekeeping space. We can teach them how to set boundaries and tell residents or other coworkers that this is not how you talk to me. And then for us to say, that you are worthy, you are awesome, and that you can do this. I think a good portion of our workforce has never had the support of someone believing in them, or at least not consistently. And what if you were that one person that told somebody that you believed in them and then acted on those words and believe in them? It changes everything. When somebody feels like they can be vulnerable with you, then they have the ability to find courage. And Brene kind of defines courage as to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart, talking about how we feel, asking for what we need, being ourselves, being kind to others who are trying to be themselves, learning how to be brave and afraid at the same time. That's courage. Coming to somebody and saying, I'm struggling, I feel X, Y, Z, And then you being able to see them in a way that can help them move forward. Some of our associates, our frontline associates, may be going through things that you and I don't even understand. And when they come to you and ask your help, it may be in ways that are so simplistic, so like something that you and I would never even think of. But because you share your experience with them or give them tips or help them through problem solving that situation, you teach them a life skill that they may not have known. And you teach them that you are available with boundaries. One recent example of vulnerability that I know that the sports media covered over and over again was the Super Bowl. And now I'm in Alabama. So you know, I'm a huge Roll Tide fan, right? Roll Tide. But Jalen Hurts is so impressive to me. And I hate when the media just puts people on a pedestal that when they fall, they're going to fall so far. 
But the way he handled the pressure and the confidence that he has in his faith, in himself, in his role, in his team is amazing. It's amazing. It inspired me and actually aspires me to be like him. His journey is amazing. His ability to lead a team of the Cal of the stature of Alabama, right? Of a prestigious college football program, lead it to the championships that he did. And then to be benched when the next younger quarterback showed a skill that maybe Jalen had not yet been able to show consistently. He could have folded up and said, that's it, but he didn't. He had the courage, the confidence to say, I can do this. And he went to a school that could further train him and use him in ways that would propel him into the NFL. Then he had doubters the entire time. Fast forward, he makes it to the Super Bowl. He had one of the most amazing games you could ever watch in the Super Bowl, but he lost. And afterwards, the vulnerability that he displayed in such a graceful way was it awe-inspiring to me. We felt his pain, we felt his confidence, and we felt what his future was going to be like. He didn't hide it. Most people, when they're that vulnerable, can get very angry. Shut it off. Armor up, which is me. I armor up all the time. But he was so vulnerable with so much respect and grace for himself and to us as an audience that that is something that I will aspire to be. I have felt great disappointments um, and great rejection inside of the senior living industry. And I want to be as vulnerable and respectful and dignified as him with the courage to know that each step leads you to a future that you're destined for, because that's what he believes. And I do too. Life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. And we're going to see that in his life. I've seen that in my life. And if you look back in your life, you will probably see that every setback propelled you to your next success. Every rejection made you feel less than, but then you realized it just, it's a door closing so the next window can open. And if we believe that, then vulnerability becomes our tool and not our weakness. And that's what we want. We want vulnerability to be a strength because it's the only way for courage. In one of Brene Brown's specials, she talked to a bunch of Navy SEALs and they said, and she asked a question, is there courage without vulnerability? And the Navy SEALs answered no. There is no courage without vulnerability. You have to make that step. We make mistakes in healthcare all the time. Simple mistakes, you know, could be in the dining room. Big mistakes could be in the med room, you know, lots of mistakes. But how we react to those mistakes, how vulnerable we are with the people, how much ownership we take, and then awareness and the courage to admit the mistake, and then the courage to communicate the plan. That is how you use vulnerability and courage to work in your favor. I want to go over some of the tools when you know that people are trying to stop vulnerability. 
So if these four things you witness know that they are trying to protect themselves from being vulnerable with you, and then for you, when you feel as if you are being attacked, so to speak, in air quotes, or you're uncomfortable with how vulnerable you're feeling or how exposed you may be feeling, pay attention to these four things and lean in when you try to perfect it, when you become a perfectionist, when we appear to have it all together to keep people at an arm's length distance. We do that. If you are a regional director and you have an executive director who tries to make sure that everything looks great, there may be some stuff behind that. You know, if everything's always great and everything's always perfect, they're keeping you away because they don't want to be vulnerable with you. They don't want to show you where their flaws are. I have always been open with my areas of weakness just because I don't like to be caught, anybody to be caught off guard or think that I lied to somebody or wasn't honest with them. So a perfect community does not exist. And a a perfectionist wants you to believe that it does and that it keeps you at an arm's length distance. Blaming. Redirecting the conversation to other people. Never taking accountability. If you have done an investigation of any kind inside of a senior living community, you will know this pattern very well. All the rabbit holes. Somebody will take you down just to redirect you from finding out the truth about an incident. You have to be okay with setting the boundaries, saying that I will chase those rabbit holes later, but I am focusing on the incident here. If a lot of people are blaming, or if one person is blaming a lot of people, that is a pattern of redirecting you from finding the truth. Do not play into that game. And point blank, let's just realize that this is a safe space here and that we're going to stop the blaming and we're going to start taking accountability for our actions, no matter how big or how small. Certainty, becoming rigid and digging in our heels That is how, this is how it has to be, or this is the way that it has always been, and so therefore it is. Renee uses these examples of religion and politics. No room for discussion. We cannot talk about anything because this is the way this is, and that is the way that is, and there is no room in between. That's what it feels like politics is these days. And again, I do not talk about politics, but it feels that way with religion. It feels that way with politics. It feels that way with Sometimes inside of a senior living community, when you're trying to talk to the parent company about things, certainty, it has to be this way. And I've certainly fallen into that trap. And then there are people who in this area may have, you know, obsessive tendencies and that's how they deal with their anxiety. And so when certainty becomes evident in a conversation, I think that you should say or really realize that they may feel uncomfortable. And they're trying to control situations to make themselves feel comfortable. They may feel out of control. They may feel overwhelmed. And so they become obsessive and compulsive and certain about things just to keep themselves calm. The next one is a huge indicator. We pretend it doesn't matter. My example of being vulnerable is um, when we're talking about things that we want from our company, from our boss, from you know, if if one of your care associates or your housekeepers or your culinary associates come to you and they tell you something that they want or need, but they can't get it out and they try to pretend it doesn't matter, that's them not allowing themselves to be vulnerable with you. And I believe the best way 
to allow that space is to tell them it does matter. You are important. Your needs and your feelings are important. So please let's continue the conversation. When I did that to my associates, they trusted me. They opened up to me. They confided in me. And then I was able to make it a better place for them. So these four things, perfecting, perfectionism, blaming, certainty, becoming rigid, and pretending that it doesn't matter. These are all examples of when somebody is not allowing themselves to be vulnerable with you, that they may feel marginalized, that they may feel that they're being defined by something that is not a true reflection of who they are. And then a real social proof of understanding of what vulnerability is, is Jalen Hurts after losing the Super Bowl because he wasn't perfecting. He wasn't blaming. He wasn't certain. He knew that his feelings mattered and he opened up to all of that in such a beautiful and inspiring way. So if you get the opportunity, take a chance or take the time to watch Brene Brown's Call to Courage on Netflix and then her show on HBO Max, I believe is called Atlas of the Heart. And she has a book that's called Dare to Lead. And she makes a comment how if we give our emotions the correct words and definitions, we can better use them and equip ourselves to use them. It was such an experience for me. And I'm so glad that I took the time to watch it. And I hope that this has helped you. If it has, email me or find me on LinkedIn. And let's start a conversation, to me, a revolution of understanding all the soft skills that go on inside of a community. We have vulnerable residents. We have vulnerable family members who feel shame when they come in the door looking, when they move their their loved ones in. You have residents who feel shame because they have to move in. Then you have associates who feel shame potentially because of life circumstances. And as leaders helping everybody understand their worth, their importance, and navigate the extreme amount of pressure that we have in taking care of people and adding value and changing lives will bring so much joy and peace and harmony into a team that can actually meet the goals of changing lives and adding value. I hope this helps and thank you for your time. I am so excited to announce my first 12-week program where we are going to focus on the traits of a high-performing community. The name of the program is Identifying Patterns for Success and the Traits of a High-Performing Community, where my goal is to teach you how to believe in yourself and in your community, which then will cause you to have the clarity that you want and then the connection and then the confidence and the courage. And we're going to do all that through leadership and building occupancy and just really creating a community that everyone wants to work in and that you are comfortable leading. I'm so excited. If you would like some more information regarding this program, click the link in the show notes.